Legends are born, champions are crowned, redemption is had, endings are abrupt, survivor is four for four, woulda, coulda, shoulda for a couple of vets, and add axe throwing to the list of prerequisites for a challenge final because the Fessel fan club is reeling tonight, but pod through the pain we must. It's the challenge, USA 2 episode 14, aka the finale recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTVs or CBS's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me on this Friday morning. We decided, I mean, with the later episode time last night and soaking in the finale, wanting to see some of the reactions, wanting to get some of the stats, wanting to get the thoughts in line. We waited to pop until early the next morning we've slept on it for six seven hours here the finale's in the books desi and chris champions have been crowned usa 2 is complete but we are here today just only to talk about that final episode that final and those two winners desi and chris we will do the full season wrap up next week tonight is just episode 14 the final and everything that went down thank you as always for being here other quick programming reminders before we jump into this final and these two new incredible champions obviously as i just said usa2 full season recap awards that will be coming some time next week no specific date in mind uh schedule's a little wonky and crazy next week both on my actual personal work side and with challenge and survivor and reality tv in general so it will be sometime next week i do not know which day we will try to space it out from our 39 coverage our survivor coverage and everything else but we will be back one more time to do one more pod after this one you're listening to about challenge usa 2 and then we will of course be here next wednesday night very exciting for episode two, really a battle for a new champion season 39. If you did not watch the, well, first and foremost, the preview pod, if you didn't listen or watch that, go back, get ready for the season, go listen to that, put it up on Wednesday. And then also because of that pod and because they at least thankfully had all the cast members announce it on their Instagram, like three hours before it aired, which isn't much, but it was something if you don't know, you missed the first episode of the season, basically. It was called a launch special. It was, you know, a preview of sorts, but it takes place as they all arrive in the arena. And, you know, it's a very fun episode and it was a good time and it's kind of necessary to watch and see and worth watching and seeing. So if you didn't get to catch that, go, you know, if you DVR these things like I do on a YouTube TV, if I don't know if it's up on MTV.com to be able to watch the replay. I don't know. I'm guessing they'll show it again next week, maybe right before the first episode. So find a way to go watch that and then come back next Wednesday as the premiere quote unquote episode heads 
We will do, of course, recaps every Wednesday night immediately following the episode. And then finally, we've got Survivor coverage. Planning on recording tomorrow night with Tony. That's Friday or tonight. Tonight. Friday night. Tonight with Tony. So look for that pod tomorrow if we're able to make that recording happen. Survivor 45 in full swing. And so far, so good with that season. So that's what we've got coming up in the future. As for what's coming up tonight, we're going to hit the whole final just as a whole. Talk about the final. Everything we liked, didn't like, then we're going to get into the specific stages and kind of specific individual performances within the final. We'll wrap it at the end with Desi and Chris and kind of survivor dominance talk and then hand out a couple of awards and preview the full season recap and what's going to be coming on that. So that'll be the close of the pod. Thanks as always for being here. Hit that follow subscribe button. Appreciate you. love you. Let's dive in. Challenge USA to episode 14. The final new champions have been crowned. Before we get into any specifics of the final, any specific stages or any one individual's performance, let's talk about the final itself as a whole. I always love dissecting a final that they put out, and this one definitely had, I mean, they all have pressure on them to be good and fair and well-organized and all the things, but this one, especially after USA won's kind of debacle if we use that word which i think is a fair word to use uh this one had a lot of pressure to be a well-oiled machine if you will and it did it it did it let's start with a couple positives about the final one i think we saw all of it which if we did would be a first in a while that that's actually true that everything they actually went through we saw you know a little bit of it or at least acknowledge that it happened um we'll find out i think I don't know. It would feel like pretty tricky editing if they to have worked around, if they did something that we didn't see. Cause it, it fe- felt like, I don't know. They made it feel like we saw all of it. If we didn't, we didn't, I don't know. Maybe they had to do something in the camping portion, which was, you know, the kind of shortest portion of just showing them by the fire. Who knows? We will find out in the coming days. Maybe people have already said, and I haven't listened to any of the podcasts. I didn't do that last night. So uh, we, we will see, but it seems like we saw all of it. They didn't screw anything up and it ran smoothly. That's the most important thing. There was no screw ups. There was no, again, from what we saw, who knows behind the scenes, but I would think we would have kind of been alluded to in some form or fashion, but it seems like it ran really, really smoothly. It was all really well set up. They did the weight adjustments uh, to try to make certain parts fair on the strength portion. So all around a complete 180 from, again, the debacle that was USA 1 into this one. So that's great way to go, production team. You don't get enough credit when you do things right and well and really good. And it's an incredibly hard job you have. And all of us fans should thank you more often for when you do an incredible job with that incredibly hard job that you have. Difficulty level of this final. I don't love that you don't actually have to finish any of the day one things. Like if you're willing to take a time penalty, Corey could have just not, I mean, he ends up losing all four of them. He could have just not done any of them and been like, I'm just going to wait. And then when, you know, when there's only one of us left, you blow the horn and we move on to the next one. So especially with the eating it, no one goes that route, but it was open for someone to go the route of, I don't feel like doing this. I'm just going to take the one minute penalty. And especially with the eating one being fourth, I thought there might be someone who was like, nah, I'm good. Like I would rather, I would rather, I think I'm going to run at least one minute faster with none of this in my stomach and none of this affecting me. So I'll take the one minute penalty if I haven't gotten one already, or if I've won one already or anything like that. So it doesn't come up, but it could have come up. So I don't love that the day one feels like the importance level isn't kind of all the way there. And then 
overall, it definitely is on the easier side. 10 miles is long, especially uphill, but you know, they get to cut off 1.2 miles for the first checkpoint, getting the ax throwing down. And then they get to cut off another one plus miles with the ATV, maybe like one and a half. It looked like so, you know, in the end, seven and a half, eight miles uphill, super hard, obviously still, but comparatively on the easier side, as far as length, the mountains, we've seen much higher mountains. We've certainly seen way worse weather. They actually have pretty good, solid, like chill temperatures for uh running i believe i'm not a runner myself but i believe um and shout out chicago the home city here with the new world champion marathon time a few weeks back because we had among other things perfect weather for running that day of a nice like chill 50 degrees you wear the long sleeves you get the body temp warmed up it's just like it's just fantastic for it so they had solid weather it was you know not the highest mountain ever and it wasn't the longest length ever Guess what? I love it. This is the range of how hard I think it should be. I've said this on a few recent seasons where the the finals have been more kind of in this realm. I think they're finding a nice, happy medium of this thing not being the craziest, wildest marathon in the desert style, you know, that and certainly the ride or dies hundred hour thing. Never, ever again, please. And thank you. So I I'm good with the level of difficulty. It's on the bottom of like the range that I'm looking for. It's right at the bottom of it, but it still is in that range that I'm looking for. A few alterations I personally would make, make the first day count a little bit more. I don't know how dramatically it would change the times. If they said the first day is all timed and like you're adding up those times and wherever you finish, if bananas finish everything one minute and 28 seconds, total time faster than everyone, he gets to start that far ahead. Plus, an extra one minute for having won one of the things. Like, I don't know how much the, what the disparity would have been. Would Corey have been like, well, now I'm starting like 10 minutes behind everyone. There's the time and disadvantage penalties. Plus the fact that I was already just behind everyone and everything. So I don't know if that makes it, it ruins it kind of from a standpoint of like everyone having a shot on day two, which is kind of what they're going for here of like, make these matter just enough, but still have everyone has a shot. Even if someone loses all four of the first day ones, like Corey does. Um, and then on day two, I would personally do five checkpoints, one every two miles and make the time advantage to like the risk reward balance a little bit different because I don't love, and we'll talk about it here in a moment, Tori and Fessel don't hit an ax throw and they're just out. Like it's just over. That's too small and fast of a task to have the, the pot, the risk reward be you're out. Like if, if only one of you doesn't finish it, like you're out completely, utterly. And even if two people wouldn't have finished it, like they would have been able to keep running and maybe not get eliminated right at the next checkpoint, but they would have had no chance of actually catching up and winning the whole thing. So I don't love the the balance and that there's only three of them and that they're, you know, the first two are so unbelievably important as we will get to here. But uh, so I would have done five, but again, overall grade, I'd say like a B plus solid TJ performance. I like when TJ is also able, it's constructed in a way he's able to be there for a bunch of the checkpoints, basically throughout the whole thing. It's in again, the right range of difficulty for me. It's right at the bottom of what I'm looking for, but it's just into that range of difficulty that I think is the best case scenario. No production miscues, huge gold star for that is it is still very hard. Obviously my, earlier comments should not be like, this was easy. Oh my God. Anyone did like, no, 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 not, not at all. Uh, this would take me multiple days to finish what they did in one day still. Uh, so it's hard enough. It's plenty entertaining overall B plus for the final.
let's go through now day one first. Let's start with day one, obviously, because it happens first and it would be silly to talk about the end and then be like, let's go back and talk about day one. So we're going to talk about day one first in each of the four segments, just really, really quick, starting with strength. Um, Corey, what are you doing, man? Don't double down on this. Corey is probably the one who shouldn't have doubled down on any of them. I personally, my strategy, I, you know, if it was actually me, I wouldn't double down on any of them because I don't think I could win first place in any of these versus the competitors that were there uh, on the male side. But if any any of them, I think Bananas is the only one who should have doubled down on anything. And I think he should have done it for the eating because, you know, he has the most experience for that. And I think could have confidently been, you know, Chris would have been competition that he'd be un, unknown. But I think he that's the only one I really see anyone should have doubled down on. Corey definitely shouldn't double down on this. I get the confidence and it is going to be the thing you're best at of the four, but it's a bad opening move. You're you got to look at the competition and be like, yes, it's also like what Fessy arguably is probably going to be the best at. We don't know with Chris, we don't know with bananas, but like, yeah, it's, it was a bad move. When Chris wins this first opening strength challenge easily, we should have known you should know right then and there. I actually had in my notes. I think Chris is Chris wins, right? Like if he's gonna win this, and it's like, well, I don't know. If Corey and Fessy can't beat him in like a pretty short, you know, strength thing of just like get those boxes to the top of the hill. I, you know, it was kind of over right then and there for me. I was like, okay, like I him beating bananas isn't like a big surprise in this. Uh, you know, I'm not saying bananas is out of this. But it came. It became a two-person race on the men's side for me really quickly, and it surprisingly became a two-person race on the women's side almost right away too. Because Tori getting last here, and not just getting last, she got last by like a lot. Like she still, she had just got her third box like over the line as Desi got her fourth, and Michaela and uh, Chanel were well out ahead of both of them, and so she still had a box of like she got smoked on this, which was a big surprise. And that was also another one where it's like, okay, like you don't have to win this one, but like, if you're going to get your ass kicked on like the one I would think you're really good at, then I, am I supposed to believe that there's going to be some, some, you know, it's going to go a lot better from here on out. And, you know, that's playing the results a little, cause it, it doesn't, but I don't know. It was pretty shocking there. The smarts challenge spelling being a final. That's a choice. That's definitely a choice. I'm conflicted about it. Uh, it it only matters for a one minute advantage or disadvantage. So I'm ultimately good with it. And it's fun. I would have made the words a little harder or a little sillier. I don't know how and like they, I don't know. It's not all that entertaining. It wasn't all that silly. Like I, I know they clowned on Corey for some of his words and the Vinagens moment was kind of funny, but uh, ultimately I don't think they got the entertainment value out of the spelling bee that they were maybe hoping for. I do think they got super lucky. How is no one tie? It's a best out of five and there's four people competing. Like how is there not a tie for first or a tie for last? There's four different, we need two winners and two losers. And somehow they're actually on both sides is no, no ties. I was kind of blown away by that skills challenge. Could have been a better puzzle. Let's be honest. Could have been a better puzzle. I, I don't think it was that interesting of a puzzle or, I mean, again, this is playing the results. And because we saw two people find the easy and obvious solution, but it also seemed kind of easy because Fessy and Tori are just both like, well, there's a pretty clear cut way to do this and they do it and they win very quickly. And I found it hilarious that I don't know the exact setup of who could see what, how easily you could see each other's board. And I know they obviously clear their board the moment they say check, but it's such an obvious pattern the way that they solve this puzzle that 
All it takes is one person glancing the moment they hear Fessy or Tori yell check, which when someone yells check in a puzzle, like you glance, you're just like, oh shit, someone's like done. Like you, you glance and it should only take a glance to see the stark pattern that they have created and be like, oh, okay, that's, I can easily recreate that. And it only takes a one second glance to be like alternating black, white, alternating on the top and on the bottom, you know, full, you know, racks of three and three on top of each other. Like it's very easy at a I don't know. So I was just confused that no one else was able to copy it and they all went about it the hard way, but they still found a way to finish. And then we have the steel stomach. One of the first ever eating challenges that I am hundred percent confident I could have done no problems, which is wild. I don't know that I ever thought I would say that about the eating challenge and a challenge finale, but I, that's how I feel about it. the amount was pretty small. Nothing about it was all that disgusting. Like, honestly, I know it tastes like garbage and it definitely probably smells horrendous. Little unknown fact. I don't know if I've ever shared about me. I think I probably have in talking about food challenges before, but I don't have a sense of smell. And that would really help me in certain situations with the eating of things in particular on this show. It's like one of the only advantages I would have in any way, shape or form if I actually got to compete on one of these shows. But with this, it's small amounts. It's not really that like the things aren't that disgusting. I loved Michaela doing the like, I'm close. I'm not listening. I don't want to know what I'm eating. I'm just going to like without looking, pick it up and put it in my mouth. Um, you know, that would be a good strategy. Sometimes I, it ends up not being a great strategy this time. Cause yeah, I just don't feel that weird about eating any of the things that they have to eat here. Bananas is the only smart one. We also add in, it's a little easier because they only have, they get to pick three out of the four. They can skip one and bananas is smart, skips the cracker. It seems like no one else did that, which he is hundred percent right. They're like, it sounds the least disgusting, but it's a big dry cracker thing. And it's really hard to eat dry things fast. He is smart. Nails that fast. He can eat. Got to shout out my guy. Can we put that narrative to bed? Yes. He quit because he was you know, distraught that his partner was injured and thought they had no chance. I still disagree with him quitting back on double agents. You can get to the next checkpoint. You never know what could happen, especially because they ended up switching partners, but he, he can eat stuff. This is the second or third time. Now we've seen, like, it's not like they put food in front of him. He's like, I'm out. Okay. I guess it's over. So, you know, not the best eater in the world, but it's at least some respect for my guy. Tori's strategy is the best one and is one of the best moments of the whole episode. This works anytime someone can summon the conviction to do it. But if you can convince yourself to just go into some crazy zone and act like this is great and wonderful and you're enjoying it, it fucks with the other people so bad. And it is so annoying for them in this moment where like, this is the moment everyone dreads about a final as much as running up mountains sucks and carrying stuff sucks. The eating is the moment everyone dreads. And if one psycho can act like they are enjoying it, it definitely is a big mind trick. And I think is advantageous and she executed it very well. And then we get to the camping. I'm blown away. They didn't have to do anything, but start a fire. It was kind of interesting like oh the survivor folks hey we need your skill set real quick because it looked like i don't know what they used to start that fire but it didn't look like they had like matches or whatever i don't know uh maybe they probably did who knows but it was kind of a fun moment like oh survivor folks starting a fire for everyone over the overnight for the final and yeah i don't i don't know starting a fire and sleeping in tents isn't the most intense uh overnight portion of the final that we've ever seen certainly but it still sucks before running 10 miles up a mountain i'd like to sleep in a bed so it's still the correct choice in my mind i don't think we need overnight segments of finals it's not that fun for the viewer almost ever and it usually is part of where some of the production errors come in and just generally 
I don't think it needs to be part of the suffering, the like now stand up all night portion. It's kind of the part that adds a little bit of like physical danger as far as people actually collapsing during these things. So yeah, I'm good with the camping and that's day one. Then we get to day two and we'll basically talk about each individual person here to talk about day two as they get out, starting with Tori and Fessel. They lose because they can't throw an ax and that's a bummer. That's a bummer. It's really, obviously it's a bummer for me. Fessy fan club. Of course I was devastated during this portion, but it's also, it's, you gotta be able to remove your personal feelings about these cast members aside, because it is also like it's Tori and Fessel. So a large part of the fandom is like, hell yeah, rejoicing. I'm, it's so great that these two are the two that, you know, get eliminated first and in, you know, the fat because they couldn't do something that everyone else easily does the whole thing. I get it. Go rejoice, go have your fun, but also look at it objectively and admit it's a, it's kind of a bummer that <laughs> one ax throw is like the different, you're just out of the final now. Like that's, I don't know. I don't feel great about it. And maybe, maybe I would feel differently if it wasn't Fessy um, and Tori, but I don't know. There's no skipping these stages uh, because this the penalty, I think, is this. there isn't like a penalty for not completing it. They say there is, but was there? Was the rock part, they all have to carry the rock? Was that if you don't attempt it, you don't have to carry the rock? Was that the penalty of like, if you do attempt it now, you also have to carry the rock? But on the long route, I'm not positive. I should have rewound and got that down for sure. But there's no skipping this. It's super quick. And if you get it, you get this huge advantage. And so everyone's got to try it. And Fessel just gets unlucky, period. He throws it with like half decent form, same as the rest of them. None of them are pros at this, but does the proper two-hand overhead form. He hits the board three or four of the throws and just it doesn't hit, doesn't stick. And I'm devastated. I was I was distraught when this happened. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. I am glad after the like afterwards when he runs the wrong way, which I'm like, God damn it, like. I, it's the only thing I do get upset at production and I, I have a track record of saying this. So again, this is not a fessy specific thing. If someone goes the wrong way, let them run like a hundred yards and then call out to them and tell them they've gone the wrong way. I I've hated in the past where finals have been affected by someone like missing a sign and going the wrong way. And no one tells them anything. I know it's their fault, but come on, I don't know. Just let them run a little bit just far enough to like impact them, take up 30, 40, 50 seconds, whatever. And then yell and be like, yo, you're going the wrong way. Come back here. Kind of slow them up a little extra. I don't have it be a penalty, but don't, don't have it be the end. Also. I actually really was happy when it all, it ultimately doesn't matter, but I was appreciated that when he gets to the second checkpoint, TJ's like, you went the wrong way. You still owe us one more mile of running. So run a half mile back. Someone will tell you when you've gone far enough and then come back up. I appreciated that. That's how they resolved that and not run all the way back and then do the long route. And like, you just cost yourself an extra two miles of running. So glad they went that it ultimately doesn't matter. Tori, Tori, I, I have a little, um, Tori's performance I'm going to grade a little harder than Fessy's, who I think just got unlucky with not hitting the shot. Tori also gets unlucky, but she is using the wrong form, doing the one hand, which if you've never thrown an axe, sure. Her first throw or two, I'm like, sure, sure, sure. But then you watch two people come up and throw the two-hand overhand, and you're a smart enough vet to like, and we actively see her turn and watch Desi do the one throw and hit maybe pick up on the two, the two hand thing and give that a shot. Um, but 
still ultimately I feel bad that again, that it's, we, you missed the ax throw and you're out of the final basically is how it happened. Both of them perform well, as much as people will rejoice at their failure and everything else and be like, you got last, you got purged in the final, whatever. They both performed well in the final. They both performed really well all season long. It is what it is. Couple quick stats for you, as always, coming via Challenge Stats, who put out an incredible, incredible serving of amazing stats post episode last night, which is one of the main reasons I wanted to wait to record this till the morning. Tori now, unfortunately, has the worst finals win percentage of someone who has won a final. So for anyone who's ever won before, she has the worst win percentage, one out of five, seven, uh, Wait, one out of five, 17%. How is that? Maybe I wrote that down wrong. Maybe Challenge Stats got that wrong. Anyways, um, this is all with minimum of four finals played. Obviously, there's been a bunch of people who have done one finals and not one. If you've been to four or more, she has the worst winning percentage of anyone that's actually won one. The only people worse are those who have been to four or more and haven't won one. One of those people we will get to in a matter of minutes. Fessel he is now the 11th player to lose three plus finals to start his challenge career without ever winning. Now, Brad, Cara Maria, Laurel, Paula, Sarah Rice, and Tori, those six of those 11 have went on to win after losing their first three. And let me read that list again, because that's pretty good company. Brad, Cara, Laurel, Paula, Sarah, Tori. Pretty good company to be in um, that says, you know, you've got a shot even if you lose your first three finals at eventually getting one of those wins. And even more so, there's another guy who lost his first three finals, didn't just lose his first three, lost his first four finals before eventually winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. That guy's name is CT. So I've still got hope for my guy, Fessy. Also fascinating and worth pointing out to defend my guy one final time here is... For all the haters out there, I ask you, do you feel the same about Fessy and his abilities in the world of the challenge as you do about Cam? Because I was blown away when Challenge Stats, again, all of this is coming from Challenge Stats, wonderful account, Instagram, Twitter, go follow. Cam and Fessel are the same person on the challenge as of right now. Their challenge careers are basically the exact, exact same. They have been on five seasons. They have made the final three times in those five seasons. Fessy is six and one in eliminations. Cam is eight and two. Fessy has won 18 daily challenges in five seasons. Uh, Cam has won 16 and neither of them have won the whole thing, but I would say they have very different reputations. Now, are they very different people, different relationships in the house, all that? Yes. But again, I think it just goes to show when we're like objective about a person versus when we're subjective about a person and their personality versus how good are they actually at the game and everything like that. And their personality plays a little bit of a part in, you know, when partnerships, teams, anything like that. I know I just thought this was a fascinating comparison and I wanted to point it out to continue defending my guy on to Michaela. Michaela goes out medical DQ after skipping the rocks portion. And then the next leg of it, just, you know, wearing down on her too much. Having to wait, I will say this, having to wait in the final has to feel absolutely horrible. It feels like you're doing everything wrong. There, it, the One of the hardest things to do in a final would be to like sit at a checkpoint and be like, you have to wait your turn to do the checkpoint. It's brutal. It sucks, but you've got to do it. You, you There's ATVs right there. You've got to understand that like, again, this is a make or break checkpoint. They've made, they've made these checkpoints do or die. If you don't do them and don't complete them successfully, you will not win the season. So 
take a rest, take a beat as hard as it might be and study how Desi does it is the other thing that is nice. You get to watch her and maybe count the rocks, everything like, and basically recreate it. So you've got to do it. It's tough, but she skips it. She keeps running and she ends up, you know, we assume medical DQ. I'm guessing she didn't actually finish. We don't actually know that, but they kind of imply that. Um, and so, yeah, uh, medical DQ tough end, but incredible season, absolute star for the challenge franchise bum. She isn't on 39. Now that we know that she didn't win, think she would have been an amazing member of 39 <laughs> would have been, uh, I mean that, that cast after the premiere, I'm loving it even more than I loved it going in. It would have been amazing to see her there, but I hope we see her as soon as possible. Dominant season. We will obviously talk a lot about Michaela on the season wrap up bananas goes down as well. The rock puzzle cost him. I'm not sure he could have caught Chris anyways. I don't think, I think at that point, Chris had won and it would have been Chris having to get the rocks wrong to not win, but we'll never totally know that for sure. And it would have definitely been a lot more compelling if that final run and final block puzzle, if bananas would have been trying to chase him down. Cause he wasn't very far behind him. He definitely would have at least, even if, if they just stayed the same speed and Chris won by the gap that he had going into the rocks, like bananas would have, we would have got the, the cam and been like, you know, I see him, the confessional, like I see him right up there. I'm trying. I think I'm making up a little time. You know, we would have got that. It would have been a little more compelling, but I think Chris still wins for sure. Um, but yeah, the goat goes down. He also, again, thanks to challenge stats, loses his best finals winning percentage by those who have done four or more. So again, four or more finals, which is a, a decently long list of people who have done that. He previously had the best winning percentage ever at seven and three. 70%. Now he's seven and four. He falls just behind percentage wise, Darrell and Jordan, who are both four and two in finals. Then we've got Chanel. It's horrible that they don't show her finish and give her like a final confessional. I get that, you know, the winners cross the line and obviously cross the finish line before everyone that doesn't win. And you do the kind of montage of them, you focus on them and it's kind of right into the credits, but they do give a quick Corey, a quick bananas. And then they don't really give Chanel the same, the same treatment there of like show her, they show her cross it coming to the finish line, literally as the credits are on the screen with like three seconds left and we don't get like a final confessional or anything from her. So that's kind of a bummer. She had a great showing. I think she more than proved herself, proved her spot in the franchise would be down to have her back again. And she had a shot there. Like she really, really did have a shot. Um, but you know, obviously Desi, Desi just got her. Desi was the winner. We'll get to her in a moment. The final then runner up is Corey losing all four on day one. That's something else, man. Come on. That's just shooting yourself in the foot. I think he could have won if he, I think if he and Chris started at the same time, I think Corey can win or maybe even would have won. Like I really do. And making it worse is this was the final. He was, was supposed to win, could win, should win. Um, if he was ever going to win one, like it was this one, because the thing that holds him back, as we saw on day one is sometimes decision-making and, but in, in puzzles in general. And the fact that on day two, all three puzzles were kind of the variety. They weren't really even puzzles. They were the variety he could do and did do very well and effectively. And so you give a final where like the part that matters, you can do all of it and you're going to do all of it really well. 
man, it's just, it's the one, you know, the area he normally wouldn't hold up. He held up in and then some did really well, nailed them all. And so this was, this was the one to win if he was going to win. And I feel like uh, at this point, it may be, it may be over. It may is not, not, Oh, I'm sure we're going to see him again, but it may be over as far as his, his chances of winning one of these things goes. He is now, I will say to his credit though, he's three for three in beating Fessy in a final. So he's got that over his guy Fessel at all times. That's something he does beat bananas. So he can at least say I beat bananas in a final. So that's something too. And then though, he also now ties challenge favorite Leroy for a record you don't want to have, but he is now tied for it. He's 0-5 in finals, and that is tied for Leroy for the most finals losses, except unlike Leroy's got one runner-up of those five, Corey has three. This is the third time he got second place, man. That is, mm, I feel for him. I love him. He's the best, uh, but I think this this was the one opportunity, and you know he, he shot himself in the foot on day one, and it's a bummer. Then we come to our winners in the end. Uh, the last checkpoint, you know, they all get it correct. Um, and so there isn't much to talk about with that. I do always like putting the the full cast in order, though. That's a good, it's a good gimmick. It's a good puzzle. Desi wins, Chris wins. Let's start with Desi. Dominates the whole way. Confident, easy the whole way. And pure redemption. Unbelievable redemption. They finally, I was a little upset the couple times in previous episodes where they referenced where they had her in confessional be like, you know, I've made a final this time. I want to win. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's don't don't leave out the context of having made but not won last time. Let's get the context in there. And they thankfully provide the context this time again and show the man who may not be named, even though the Desi is one now. I'm still not saying your name, not doing it, not doing it, old man who doesn't want to swim. Uh, but yeah, what a redemption. Unbelievable. Coming back one year later and, you know, having this be the result is incredible mental resolve. I haven't been this happy for uh, a challenge, a winner in a very long time. I don't even know when the last time I was this elated and this just gen- genuinely happy for the person that wins that I obviously don't know in any way, shape or form. Um you know, if she would have won the first season, she's probably not here for this season. So probably doesn't win this one. So those of you out there saying like two for two champion, like, yes, I agree. I think she would have won the first season if she wasn't eliminated uh, because her partner didn't want to swim at the very literal seconds into the final. But uh, then she wouldn't have been here for this one, the whole thing. Anyways, she proved how well-rounded she is. She proved how awesome she is at everything that is asked of someone from in a challenge final or in a challenge season across the competition side. Had a great alliance the whole way through, so you got to give her that. Maybe, yes, the house was getting to her a little bit here and there, so like she isn't the perfect challenge player, but when it comes to the physical side, what you have to do in a daily, an elimination, or a final, she's well-rounded and great at all of it, so she's there's a reason that I picked her so confidently and that I'm so confident that if she would have been given the chance, she would have won the final on USA one. I was rooting for her. I picked her. I'm again, beyond elated that she won. It's amazing. She's the best. I hope we get to see her defend her crown on USA or on a flagship or all stars or anywhere. Um, But yeah, I hope we get to see her back. I would really love to see USA three, incorporate all four of our USA champions so far, if they're willing to do it. Um, I don't know if Danny is trying to come back again, but I I would assume Sarah will, I would assume Desi will, I would assume Chris would. So let's get them all back in there. Let's get an all survivor challenge USA. How about that? Cause survivor two for two here, two for two, the first time around four for four overall, 
We'll talk about that a little more either later or on next week's season wrap up, but let's now move to Chris. Unbelievable. Here it is. It happened. We said if it happened, it was all time. It was legendary. And now it happened. And that's what it is. It's all time. And it's legendary. He joins Sarah Grayson and Laurel on free agents as Sarah Grayson on the gauntlet, obviously Laurel on free agents as the only players to ever win a season with four or more elimination wins. Laurel did it on free agents with four elimination wins. Sarah Grayson obviously iconically did it with five uh, gauntlet wins on the gauntlet. So elusive air there, big time stuff from Chris all-time rookie season with an asterisk because on the asterisk just on not on the all-time how great it was but on rookie season because it is a season where nearly every single person here was a rookie or not near I guess actually not nearly ever there was six I don't know there was half the cast was rookies I guess it's kind of the same overall but you get what I'm saying challenge USA a little different as far as how many rookies the vets and everything like that but still all-time season and the the asterisk is just on like rookie is slightly different than a normal rookie situation would be but he was treated like a rookie that's for damn sure two daily wins in the clutch at the end of the season to avoid going into more than the four eliminations he'd already gone into and won the final win on top of it, the dominant final win, the final win versus Bananas, Corey, and Fessy, which is a stacked lineup. No matter what jokes you want to make about Fessy and Corey in finals or whatever, they're really good. They've always, it's not like they've lost to anyone that isn't really awesome at this before. You know, like, let's see, uh, Fessy has now lost to CT, Bananas, and Chris, and Corey has lost to Cara, Maria, and uh, Bananas in Total Madness, and the CT as well. And I don't even know, probably CT or Jordan and whatever other seasons I'm blanking on that Corey made the final in. So it's not like there's like, you know, schlubs over here. It's a huge win for Chris. It's unbelievable. He dominated from start to finish. He wins the strength to set the table. He never gets last in anything. And then on day two, every checkpoint in the final, he runs as fast or faster than everyone else. He gets every checkpoint, nails it first try easy. No problem. Dominant, 100% dominance from start to finish. Clear winner. Get him on season 40, please and thank you. Uh, I would be fascinated if he does, if he were to be on a season 40 and it was any sort of like champions only or like finalists only type of thing. <laughs> he would have to have the same performance again because I, if he's thrown in there with a bunch of vets, all of them immediately like, oh, this is the guy that smoked bananas. Like, cool. Uh, you're you're going into elimination a bunch of times. Like, great. Um, but he may end up doing it again and again and again. So get him on 40, get him back. Amazing. He's 31. So he's got some years and some seasons in him if he wants to. And yeah, there's, you know, we'll have to talk about it more on this season wrap up, but there's not much more to say other than legend, absolute legend backs up his survivor win. I mean, this man is now one survivor, one for one and one challenge, one for one. <laughs> that's, that's a resume few, if, any can compete with in reality competition show history. It is only two seasons, but it's the best two season run you could have across two different shows. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to think of better words for it. Cause I am trying to do a podcast here. Words are important. I'm going to have to think of better words before next week to put this in context, but truly amazing, truly legendary, truly all time stuff. Desi love it. Can't believe it. Wonderful. Can believe it. Cause of course it was going to happen. She's the best. Incredible. Congrats on the win. Chris legend all time. Congrats on the wind. Let's hand out some awards.
It's still an episode recap. We still have to hand out the individual episode awards, mostly because we got to get this quote from Michaela in here. The quote of the episode goes to Michaela for sure. Quote, Tori over here acting like she has eaten the best meal of her life. Uh Uh-uh. This is hard for me. I got standards. I don't have a gas station palate. I'm a high society lady. End quote. That, that might be the quote of the season coming in at the last, last second on a season that's not had the greatest quotes and things like that is a big, strong nominee. Definitely gets the episode win. We'll see. It'll, it'll, it'll be in the season running for sure. Loved that. Fantastic, fantastic stuff from Michaela. Best moment of the episode. Um, Corey and Tori getting last on the strength is nominee number one because that was a huge inflection point of like, damn, okay, those two are probably just out right now. If those two get last, like it's not that they didn't win, they got last in that. Like, okay, or there goes two people. So that's an inflection point, big moment. The eating challenge overall was entertaining. Uh, you know, the puking montages are what they are at this point. We're gonna get one. It was pretty funny overall. Um, Chris getting the rocks, bananas not getting it. The other big inflection point, I think, when it when the it ended. I think Chris already had it in the bag at that point, but it, it definitely ended right then and there. And then Chris winning in that moment was great. And Desi winning in that moment was great. If I have to give one award though, respectfully to Chris, I'm giving it to the moment Desi crossed the finish line because of what happened last season and the redemption arc and just how incredible and how good it felt for everyone watching. And obviously felt truly amazing for her in the moment, actually doing the thing to win. That's the best moment of the episode. As for MVP, in all honesty, Corey or Tori was probably the most entertaining in this episode. And this is normally the MVP is for the most entertaining of the episode more than, you know, who succeeded at the game the most. But Chris and Desi won and it felt great and it was wonderful and they're amazing. So we're giving the episode MVP to Chris and Desi. But shout out to Corey and Tori in a losing effort, providing as much entertainment as you can for a final episode. And that's it. That's Challenge USA episode 14, the finale in the books. We will reconvene one more time to do a season wrap-up next week where we will cover the following. USA franchise as a whole. What What's going to come of it? What's the plans with it? Will we ever see a world championship season again? A UK, an Australian, Argentina, any of that? Kind of cover high-level stuff on USA overall. Then who do we want to see again from this cast? Either on a USA, on a flagship, both either what have you awards of course will be coming confessional king or queen of the season best daily challenge best elimination best athletic performance moment quote and full season mvp we've got to hand that out it is the almost as equal as of an important trophy as winning the season itself is winning my mvp so someone will get that honor on bestowed upon them and then probably some other random things uh that i decide i want to talk about between now and next week is bananas washed? You know, that type of question, those types of things, those types of topics, that'll all be coming next week. Season wrap up. Make sure you are followed and subscribed. Make sure you come back one more time to talk about Challenge USA too, because it was a really good season overall. You've heard me say that before. That's going to be the high level overview of next week is I really like this season. I thought it was very good for what a Challenge USA season could be. We'll get into more details then, but that's that's the initial thought. So hopefully you feel the same. It's worth coming back and talking about one more time. That's all for tonight, though. Thank you, as always, for being here. This has been Challenge USA 2. I will say, a little behind the scenes here, the most listened to season of coverage ever. So that's amazing by like 20 or 30% like increase over any other season ever as far as how many people are listening to these recaps. So whether that has anything to do with the season itself or my coverage or what have you, but 
Thank you. That is amazing. I appreciate it. I love you. Keep coming back. Keep coming for more because we've got the next season. And again, I will say 39, if you didn't, if you're not excited for it and you missed the launch premiered, whatever they're calling that episode one that they aired last night, two nights ago, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. So get into it. We'll be back covering it next week. We'll be back with USA. We've got survivor coverage. We've got you covered on the two most important shows, the two best shows in the world of reality competition television. Thank you. I appreciate you. I love you. I will talk to you soon. Peace.